So uh, we've wrapped up the last two nights of debates, and uh, we have our winners and our losers. Uh, the real loser, I think, is Joe Biden, uh, above all, because I just don't see how you can have uh, such a... I, I don't don't see how he's going to recover, if I'm being 100%. I, I imagine he'll still be in the running, but I don't think he's going to gain anything from these nights going forward, and he needed to gain... Uh, in my mind, uh, to hold off uh, Liz Warren and Bernie coming from behind him. And both Liz Warren and Bernie, uh, I don't think those that supported them are deterred from their performances. Now, you can make arguments as to who you think did better. Uh, I think that if we're going to go by uh, empirical data, frankly, I would say Warren did better, but let's factor for that. First off, Warren was at the kids' table. So nobody she went up against was going to be able to contend with her. Just full stop. The likes of Hickenlooper uh, is uh, pretty much that entire stage besides her and, I guess, Tulsi. And Tulsi gained off that night as well. But uh, that brings me back to where I started, which was that the only real loser is Joe Biden. Because by not gaining and presumably also fracturing what support he did have uh, amongst all the other candidates, it's giving Warren, in my mind, the opening to take the lead, Bernie in second. Uh, And it's important that Bernie stays in this race until it's a lot of a narrower field, in my mind, uh, because obviously I'm pulling for him. And in my point of view, we need to uh, stick to it Uh, Obviously, he wasn't going anywhere, but we need to stick to it until the field's a bit smaller so that we can really have a chance to shine because 20 people is too many, and the zero percenters just shouldn't have been up there. That's really what I took away. That and MSNBC is uh, disgusting, to say the least. Disgusting. The nonstop smears against Bernie... I can't take it, personally. I am calling for Pamela Jayapal, AOC, and the other members of the Justice Democrats Caucus to come out and not endorse Bernie. I understand that they don't want to seem to be playing favorites. It's a field of 20 people. You know, I, I, I can empathize with needing to appear diplomatic because you don't necessarily want the next administration to come in if you're in that position, if you are in an AOC position. Uh, you don't necessarily want uh, to come into a situation where you endorsed one of the opponents super early and then the other person wins and then obviously there's no room for you to help direct policy in their administration. So I understand the calculation that I understand Pramila Jayapal and the others might be making on who they endorse. But that doesn't that that does not excuse apathy is my my resort as well. You don't have to endorse Bernie. I would love it if you did and I think that in AOC's case if you don't, you are a part of his campaign in 2016. I would view it frankly as a betrayal. But she has said she is very supportive of Bernie. It's not an endorsement. Again, Ilhan Omar, again, he's supporting a bill that you're helping uh, in the House to, to lead uh, to uh, free us of student debt. It, 
You cannot be apathetic about this. You don't have to endorse Bernie. Fine, I get it. But you don't get to just also stand by in silence while he gets smeared and attacked by MSNBC. You still have a responsibility here as progressives to stand up against... Just to stand up against the establishment media's attacks on him. I'm sorry. You have an obligation here. If you are progressive, imagine, especially you, Ilhan. I mean, you have been on the end of their fucking ire yourself at different times. Bullshit smears uh, that uh, you're anti-Semitic when you, in fact, are not. And I, I, I'm kind of surprised when you're just uh, launching this bill that you can watch that performance last night and say nothing in response to that abysmal showing by MSNBC, taking co- quotes out of context uh, and uh, asking them of him and literally no other candidate. Like every single question about Bernie directed at Bernie was done in a way where his position was treated as the wrong position right out the gate. And he had to immediately be given 30 seconds, Senator Sanders, to respond to why you're not the worst human being on the planet and why you don't hate America. Like, really, it, it's stunning. It was a stunning, disgusting performance. So I'm not shocked that I can't rank Bernie as the number one performer. It, it was a crowded field. And even besides that, when he's up against what he was up against, the moderators and everyone else on the stage. Are you surprised? So the, the progressive caucus needs to circle the wagons here a little bit. Again, I, I was really jaded last night and I said some things on Twitter where I was like, you guys need to all come out and endorse him now, but I'm going to dial that back a bit because I understand the reasons why you might not be is you're in a position that you might view requires a level of unbiased assessment. Fine. I, I don't need any – if you endorse someone else, let me change this. If you endorse someone else, instead of endorsing no one, if you want to actually be neutral in this race, you can be neutral, but you better not fucking endorse someone else. I'll tell you right now. If you endorse someone else, we're coming for your asses. That's, that's unacceptable. Because, again, this is somebody helping you get your policies through Congress, helping lead legislation, who helped lead the movement that got many of you elected. Many of you were a part of that movement. I I just expect better than radio silence. AOC, Ilhan Omar, you owe something to Bernie. You owe something to him. Ilhan, when he was asked a direct question about you by the Fox News people at that town hall, he said, I don't believe you're an anti-Semite. I think you need to come out here and call MSNBC on their bullshit as someone that's been on the other end of it. I really do. And I will be very disappointed if you don't. Uh, But, man, that was a fiery opener. (laughs) Um... What else did we have? Uh, Kamala Harris crucified Biden. It's why he lost out. Uh, I mean, he proved his arrogance. He proved he's a gaffe factory. He proved all the reasons why it cannot be him and in all likelihood will not be him. Uh, Kamala, while Kamala may have crucified him, I'm seeing a lot of people in the Twitter sphere talking about how this is corporate media's secret plan to propagate Kamala. And I'm not buying it. I'll be, I'll be honest. I, I think that that's a little bit... Um, I think that's silly. Look, you've got 20 people in this race. And I think 
corporate media is too stupid to have a plan. They're stupid and greedy. I mean, look, they employ people like Donnie Deutsch and Joe Scarborough. Like, these are not smart intellectual people that we're talking about here. What I think that they're doing is they are throwing every corporatist at the wall to see what sticks. And uh, Kamala's just the most politically savvy. So it shows up, or she shows up. Uh, She raised her hand for Medicare for All. And then the next day says, oh, I shouldn't have raised my hand. Which, to me, is disqualifying. I mean, that's, that's just, that's outright disqualifying. You raised your hand for Medicare for All. I gave her props at the time. I was like, okay, that's a commitment. That's scary to do that on that stage. Fine. But uh, I'm still not going to vote for her, obviously. But I gave her props at the time. Uh, but now she's rolled that back, saying it was a mistake to raise your hand. And my answer to that is, no, Kamala, the mistake is what you just made by saying that you shouldn't have done it. No. Uh, that's inexcusable. That is inexcusable in my mind. Uh, that, but again, that's why she's the most politically savvy corporatist. Uh, she's the one who uh, thinks she's going to go the distance. And uh, I, I can see why she might think that. But circling back over to her crucifixion of Biden, I think you all need to think back to 2016. Uh, when there was another person who may have been in the lead at one point or, or crucified someone on stage at one point. And uh, that person is doesn't have any political life today. That person was, as you may recall, uh, Chris Christie uh, crucifying Marco Rubio in his nothing banals, and he was the banals, banality, and he was the flavor of the moment for the conservative movement at that time. And, uh, of course, uh, that did not work out very well uh, for him. Uh, He got crucified. uh, Marco Rubio did. But Chris Christie did not see his career rocket ship upwards. And he didn't find himself a home in the Trump administration either. So I do not think that Kamala is necessarily... She benefited, certainly. But I don't see any reason why this is a bad thing for us. This is exactly what I, frankly, was hoping would happen is that a bunch of hungry people are going to go after the leaders. If they go after Bernie, they're going to drop in the polls, frankly, because Bernie supports the right policies. And say what you will of him amongst the Democratic elite, the establishment uh, thinking tanks don't like him, sure. But the general public is pretty happy happy with Bernie. They don't dislike him. He has a 70% approval rating among Democrats in his own state. And I'm pretty sure, I want to say it was at 60% amongst Democrats overall. Uh, So attacking Bernie would have been a bad look. I don't think Michael Bennett did himself any favors by trying to do that and trying to take down Medicare for all. I also don't think, I think Bernie missed a huge opportunity. This goes back to why I didn't give him the win is because I would be, I'd be lying if I said as a supporter, I was satisfied with his performance. I would have rathered him crucified Michael Bennett for not supporting Medicare for all. I wanted to see him name names, not just the companies and the industries But I wanted to see him uh, mention his friends up there on that stage that had fought against uh, unions like Joe Biden, that had fought against uh, uh, Medicare for all. I wanted to see him really differentiate himself in this field by going like every single person up here. I mean, he touched on it, but he did not nail it. He did not nail it. Now, thankfully, there's going to be more debates. So it's not that big a deal. 
Bernie, I don't think, eroded any of his support. He didn't say the wrong thing, which is really all you need to worry about at this stage with him. And he has the highest floor, in my mind, amongst anyone else in the debate because he had the highest rating among voters that were only considering one guy. So as long as he doesn't do anything to piss those people off, and it would take a lot, and I just don't think Bernie will ever be able to do it because it's not who he is. I think that's part of it. Partly, I think that's to blame as well as to why he did not uh, crucify these people is that uh, I, at first I wanted to blame people like Ro Khanna, and I like Ro. But I remembered Roe saying as a stipulation of the campaign, uh, I remember him saying he didn't want to go negative. So I, at first I was like, is this Roe Khanna's influence that he really is so afraid of going in on these people uh, that we're just not going to ever challenge the fact that they can go up there on stage and say like platitudes like, I've always supported working people, but not actually go into their records where they failed to do so. But upon further just thinking about it, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that this is just who Bernie is. Uh, and, I, I mean, go back to uh, Hillary Clinton's emails in 2016. Uh, he, he told the crowd, I think we've heard enough of Hillary Clinton's emails, basically giving his primary opponent a pass at the debate. And, and I, I just think at the end of the day, that proof is in the pudding right there. Bernie does not go negative. It's not who he is. That's not going to fly. I, I, I don't know how else to put it, my man. Um, at this point, you have inherited a torch. You've inherited a movement. You have inherited the hopes and dreams of most of the socialists in this country that are reasonable about what, what their expectations are for an elected official, frankly, and uh, in this country at any rate. And... Uh, the rest of the social democratic left that have been calling on uh, Nancy Pelosi to grow a spine and Chuck Schumer to grow a spine that will be perpetually disappointed when they just continue to prove that they won't, that they'll never improve. You have inherited, and of course the millennial youth that feels like they are disenfranchised completely from the system. You have inherited that movement, Bernie. So you have a responsibility to fight for it. And I know that you would say that you think you are fighting for it. And you are. I'm not, I am not saying you're not fighting for it, my man. Nobody fucking wants you to win more than me. But it is going to take more. It is going to take more. You have got to lay it out with Bennett. You've got to lay it out with Biden. You've got to explain why these people are not the candidate. Why it cannot be them. Why You, you did a fantastic job when you went into detail about uh, democratic socialism so the public was less scared of it. You need to do that at the race as well. It is, it is important to the global world order that you do this. Because if we let another warmonger get into office, somebody that is going to keep things as they are, you know, I mean, we've got people on that stage that gave shitty answers about Iran, for God's sakes. And that's something that Barack Obama, while I would say the Iran deal was actually a little too harsh to the Iranians, that was something that Barack Obama uh, considered to be his greatest foreign policy uh, victory. And what we got as a reward out of Donald Trump is uh, a destruction of that deal. And those that are not willing to reclaim that deal or uh, acknowledge that it is 
uh, imperative that our relations with Iran improve, that we do a new deal that I would say is better since they honored their end of the bargain in the first place. A more generous deal going forward as a way to uh, repair relations is, 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 is just being uh, unnecessarily cruel. Anyone that doesn't do that is being unnecessarily cruel to the Iranians. Uh, they have been put in a spot where there is a no-win scenario for them. They have drones being flown over their country, uh, and they have uh, a rampant poverty uh, and uh, civil discontent from the sanctions that we are placing on them. Uh, we're doing economic warfare with them. So you, you, Bernie, have a responsibility to defeat the people giving the wrong answers on this stage, and it is okay. I give you permission if you are looking for that from the left we will not abandon you if you go a little hard with these people. They deserve, for God's sakes, to have people go hard with them. They, they have spent most of their lives in a comfortable D.C. elite bubble that has never been permeated. And you are given a lucky opportunity that the rest of us in the movement would kill to have to be able to throw down with them where you are and viewed as an equal instead of just an upstart peasant, the way the rest of us are viewed. And, and you have a responsibility to us and to the movement to take advantage of that, of that opportunity, of that platform. And that brings me to one of the other losers of the night. <sighs> Marianne Williamson, my, or Williams, or what? my God. Oh my God. I had people that I respect, opinions I respect. Uh, Michael Brooks is who I'm citing here. Say at the beginning of the night, this is my second pick. And so I had big expectations, given that I went into this not knowing who this person is. Uh, if you don't know anything about me, I was raised in a Christian school uh, between the fifth grade to the tenth grade. And I uh, am an atheist today. Uh, was more of a John Kerry sort of Democrat back then. And the only reason why I was still a Democrat and I wasn't polluted, I would say, because I had church on Sundays at a private evangelical Christian school that was all in for the Bushes. So all the time prayer, all the time Republican talking points of propaganda was just accepted. The lead up to the Iraq war, everyone said that Iraq was working with Al Qaeda, despite the fact that they were Shia and a Sunni. And it, it, it was as bad as anything that Fox News has ever done. And it was my school life. Uh, and the only reason I was a John Kerry Democrat is because both of my parents are, I would say, I don't like the term limousine liberal because we're not wealthy. We're just like upper middle class. We're one of those families that makes over $100,000 a year, but just over 100000 So you're talking like what the middle class should be earning is what my parents actually earned. My father has since retired and still has a pension because his job had pensions at the time that he started, which have since been replaced with 401ks like most other jobs. So my parents are like the boomer generation that voted liberal and the last beneficiaries of what the labor movement before them worked so hard for. So they are not where I would love them to be on the left. They're not certainly where I am, where I'm just an avowed socialist, but they are also not Fox News. So they are the sole reason why I am not, well, maybe not the sole reason. You do end up here by having morality. And I guess 
no amount of propaganda can cover that up. At least I don't think. But uh, they're one of the major reasons. Let's just leave it at that. That I am not a part of the Republican dr- just drones. Because I also went to George Mason and I got an economics degree. And professors like Rastisi, who uh, touted that worthless libertarian crap uh, that uh, you hear from uh, Milton Friedman. Uh, people like Rastisi, who literally worship that guy, even though this stuff has never proven to be correct. Uh, and is just hogwash. And I believe uh, Milton Friedman himself uh, was involved in the Pinochet regime, if I remember correctly. It might be him or it might be Mises. I'm pretty sure it's uh, Milton Friedman. Anyway, point is, is uh, these are not good people, libertarians writ large. And I've had a lot of opportunities in my life for their worldview to infect mine. And it didn't stick, uh, in part, large part to my, thanks to my parents. Uh, but... Uh, a huge reason why uh, the propaganda when I was in that school had the effect on so many others that it did is because they didn't have parents like mine uh, to try to challenge that Republican talking point. Uh, The Republican talking points. Uh, And uh, when you look at what happened last night where you have someone like Marianne Williamson uh, go up on that stage a platform that only 20 people in the United States have been able to take advantage of this election cycle. A platform where you have the opportunity to raise issue with the entire American public. Progressives, Fox News, uh, every major cable news outlet, they're all going to see what you talk about, what you choose to focus on tonight, on that stage. And she went into spirituality. And the left seems somewhat split on this online. There seems to be people that, like David Dole, who I normally respect, said, uh, I would love to live in a country where Marianne Williamson is considered a viable candidate. And he clarified later to say that she's talking about these issues in a way that uh, he wishes we were able to afford to talk about. But nonetheless, it's like, no! No, 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 no. This person does not deserve any kind of faint or passing praise. You have an obligation. This is why I am nailing Bernie from a place of love on this, is that when you inherit this movement, you are expected to fight for it. In Marianne Williamson's case, if you're going to be an issues-focused campaign, you kind of need a freaking issue to talk... Fucking issue. Let's go with that. To talk about. Uh... You do not talk about spirituality and hugging a tree. That is a detriment to us. That is a detriment to the left. That makes us look like a bunch of crazy kooks amongst the the middle-of-the-road people in this country. And it is a missed opportunity. Mike Gravel didn't get to be up there that night, for God's sakes. Uh, A former senator of the United States who would have talked about an anti-war message. But she got to be up there? What a waste of an opportunity. I'm furious. And anyone who saw that performance out of Marianne Williamson that is not equally upset, you need to realize that in order for us to get to the world Marianne is talking about, the U.S. government as it currently is needs to be radically reformed. So you cannot go up there and lambast Bernie, try to interrupt him while he's talking, uh, uh, and... 
the he's the single best hope we have for implementing the change that Marianne Williamson says she wants to create. You need to be a little realistic about what you can like electorally succeed at at the time that you're voting and, and pushing for. We can actually succeed with Bernie this time. This isn't Jill Stein's candidacy. This isn't Gary Johnson's candidacy. This is not a throwaway vote. We're talking about an actual democratic socialist who's actually going to institute reforms that might actually win this thing. And you are not helping. Like, you ideologically line with most of his voters are not helping when you go up there and steal focus to talk about nonsense. Oh my god, I hated everything I saw out of her tonight. I am ashamed of anyone on the left that doesn't recognize the opportunity we have here. When we talk about responsible platforming and how mad we get at guys like Dave Rubin or uh, Ben Shapiro or Sam Harris when they platform guys like Charles Murray who promote racial-based science, which is pseudoscience and it's really just racism trying to cloak itself in science... When we talk about the danger that these people uh, inflict uh, or allowing these people to speak in American politics, and uh, as a platformer, you have a responsibility not to let them talk like this. This is what we're talking about on the left. You have a responsibility to fight for issues when you are on that platform. You have a responsibility to fight for our cause of making the world a, a more humane place, of making the world a more civil place, not having a prison industrial complex based around such cruelty. And I get it. She mentioned, uh, I believe, Central America and wanting to reset relations with our allies, which is the closest she came, really, in my mind, to having any kind of a platform. Uh, but insufficient is the word I would use to redeem the rest of that performance. Woefully insufficient. Borderline offensive is how I, I took that whole night. Like, you, you have a platform. We, do not, we did not need a thoughts and prayers candidate on the left. And that is what that was tonight, ladies and gentlemen. That was a thoughts and prayers candidate. Wouldn't it be great if the American people could reclaim their spirituality... The reason they can't, Marianne, is because their freedoms have been siphoned off by the other people on that stage. Not Bernie, who has repeatedly throughout his career fought back against every attempt to siphon off that freedom. You had a responsibility to help him walk out of that night with a win. I'm, I'm sorry, you did, and you blew it, and I'm disgusted, and I don't think I could talk to you without yelling at you at this point. I really don't. And anyone that still is, like, thrilled she went up there to speak her truth, again, you have an obligation to the left when you go up there. And she did not fulfill it. If you think that she did, if she just spoke her truth, then you must have a great fucking life. You must have a very privileged life that you are not so desperate to survive that your job, it might just be exported at the drop of a hat. That your health care is tied to your job and so you're a prisoner of of your employer like my god oh okay settling down now that i've got that off my chest thoughts and prayers candidate for 2020 not good let's just leave it at that
besides that, Kamala had a perfectly fine night. She had a serviceable night. Uh, Liz Warren, I think... I honestly think she and Bernie had closer performances than people online are giving it credit for. Liz Warren had the kids' table, A, so there was less people for her to compete with. Her ideology stood out more, and it is basically Bernie's ideology. I think that we'll start to see some divergences once we have Liz and Bernie on the stage together, and that'll be where we have our real chance to shine uh, because we, we as the Bernie crew, obviously I'm not here because I'm willing to compromise. I don't want Bernie Sanders' light. More importantly, I have a really well-placed fear, frankly, that Liz Warren is not going to deliver. I said on the last episode that Emma Viglin's been letting me down recently. She came out and said Bernie Sanders did not have a good night. Uh, I'm running out of excuses for you, Emma. I really am. I, 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 I'm going to continue to operate under that you identify with Liz and maybe don't see a significant difference between her and Bernie. But there is. There really is. And I, I, I'm looking forward to having the two of them on that stage so he can really prove it. But it's not just him. I mean, I kind of agree, frankly, with uh, Emma. But not for the reasons that I think she did. Uh, I think that Bernie was smeared. And Anna Kasparian, thankfully, proves that she understood that. She mentioned the, 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 the long or the, uh, the obvious truth. Which is that, yeah, mainstream media fucking hates him. Which is true. They fucking hate him. It oozes out of every question they ask him. It is poisonous listening to them talk to him. I, I, I really, I, I am stunned. They, they're barely veiled contempt. Is, is, I've had enough of it. I, I, I'm, I'm done with it at this point. And uh, that's why I'm, I'm putting out this call to the elected representatives that claim to be progressives to, to say something on this front. Andrew Yang, I don't think, did himself any favors. He didn't really speak up. I'm seeing guys like Tim Black online. I, I'm, I wouldn't say I got into it, but I responded to a quote he did, or a tweet he did, where he said, does Andrew Yang deserve another chance? I don't believe in censoring him. To which I said, his ideology is just libertarian. It's, he's just a libertarian. He wants to gut the welfare state. Uh, he isn't for Medicare for all. And uh, he just wants to gut the welfare state and pay people yang bucks, which, as Michael Brooks has pointed out, most of that's going to go to your landlord anyway, because uh, there's going to be no protections that come with it. And the wealthy, that money is just going to end up being another subsidy to the wealthy in this country, that, or that wealth is going to be a subsidy to the wealthy, because they will raise prices on everything else now that they know everyone is $1,000 richer, and uh, they will siphon that money out of your pocket. So ultimately, uh, I don't understand what the Yang gang is so incensed about, if I'm being honest. He didn't cut in. Like, I'm criticizing my man Bernie for not cutting in more, for not making his points more, and for not pushing back on the interviewer smear questions. Andrew Yang has the same expectation, I would assume, from his Yang gang. So if you're being intellectually honest with yourself, I don't know how you can not demand better frankly i'm kind of i'm kind of surprised at how big of a snowflakes you yang gangers have turned out to be if i'm being honest push him push him to do better if you expect him to do better that doesn't mean that msnbc doesn't bear some culpability and weight if you want me to say joe 
are you really going to say what happened on that stage was fair to Andrew? I'll say, no, I don't. But they're not going to be fair to Andrew. They weren't fair to Bernie. They're not going to be fair. They don't want change. They want Joe Biden or Michael Bennett or Pete Buttigieg to be the the candidates. I think Pete Buttigieg did all right. But again, I'm not as scared about him as people think because just like with Kamala crucifying Biden, uh, I think that there is no obligation that the voters have to go to Buttigieg. I think you'll see him take an uptick. I think Kamala will take an uptick. I also think Kristen Gildebrand will take an uptick. I think Michael Bennett might even take an uptick. Eric Solwell might take an uptick. I just see Biden going down after last night. I don't see Bernie supporters going anywhere because it's not like he came out and said anything that was offensive to us. He didn't come out and say, you know what, free college is dumb. I'm going to begin imposing a brand new round of middle class tax credits. You know, he didn't, he didn't come out and just start giving us the, the same trite we hear from everybody else. So it's not like our, we're going anywhere. He's in it for the long haul. He's got the money for the long haul. I keep getting asked to donate. I can't anymore at the moment. I'm already a monthly recurring donor and I'm unemployed. I'm sorry, guys. I would if I could. I am on a strict survival budget at this point. Um, that's just the reality. I got fired uh, for having the audacity to encourage my call center to uh, have collective bargaining, uh, which they viewed as unionization, uh, which, uh, you know, I mean, as rose by any other name. Uh, I said that, no, I was just asking for collective bargaining, which is a uh, useful tool for maintaining employee satisfaction. Uh, and I recognize that I live in a state, I live in Virginia, where you can't have a union. You can't advocate for a union. It's illegal here. We're right to work. So I, I recognize that. But this comes, comes, comes back to my point that I'm so fucking pissed at Marianne Williamson. Uh, I want to, or Williams, I, 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 uh, I want to go back to college and become a lawyer so I can fight this stuff politically. I don't want to have to suffer through uh, uh, a right to work bullshit. I'm waiting on either a decline or an acceptance letter from Mason and American University at this point has me on their wait list. I'm probably going to get declined at Mason. I might be declined at at American and they just never bothered to email me. I don't know. Uh, Every time I call, their call line is busy. Uh, The woes of waiting. Uh, And I don't have the money to go anyway. Uh, But uh, with the student loan debt forgiveness plan, if Bernie wins the election... I might be able to take out college loans and confidently not worry about them getting repaid. But that's not going to happen, Ilhan, if you don't stand up and fight. Like, I wish AOC and Ilhan could hear this right now and understand that I support both of you. I'm not mad at either of you from a political standpoint. I'm disappointed that you do not see the gravity of what Sanders' victory would mean for every major issue that you care about, he will be an ally and an advocate and the power that he will wield will be tremendous. It's not about sitting on the sidelines and waiting for the field to narrow a bit. I honestly need you guys to defend him from MSNBC. I'm not asking for an endorsement this early in the race. There's 20 people. I get it. Like if you want to wait until there's three on the stage, if you still don't support him or endorse him or you endorse someone else, we're going to have a problem. But if you want to wait... Until the field is narrower, wait. But you need to speak up about this bullshit with MSNBC. I'm, I'm serious. That was a travesty. And the Yang Gang, same goes for you. 
Like, if you want allies in this, recognize that MSNBC is not your fucking friend. Work with the Bernie supporters. Let's get a rematch debate. Let's get a climate debate. And let's see to it that the Democratic establishment is thoroughly ashamed for their failure to defend somebody that they have no problem putting into leadership. They have no problem putting Bernie in leadership and using him as some kind of... uh, I don't like the term sheepdog because that's not how I view what we're doing. I view us as absorbing them, frankly. Uh, and they're dinosaurs that don't have a constituency without us. Uh, so I, I guess it'd be more like... Um, oh, what's that thing at the front of a ship? Not the mast. Figurehead. Is uh, If you want to have him out there as some kind of figurehead that doesn't have any literal power, but somebody that you want to show off, well, if he's a member of your fucking team... You better fucking act like it. If Joe Biden had been asked these kind of barbed, hated questions all night, you guys would have been up in arms about the tone of the moderators. But no, it is on Bernie. Joe Biden, of course, goes out and cries that uh, Kamala was too mean to him the very night of. He can't just bear that anyone would dare push back on him, showing his arrogance and why he's completely unfit for the role. Like, Kamala, at least. Like, she backing away from Medicare for All is disqualifying. I mean, that that's... Saying it was a mistake to raise your hand was disqualifying, in my mind, Kamala. I'm ashamed. I really am. I was getting close to saying that if we're push comes to shove as a corporate candidate, at the very least, you know, you weren't Pete Buttigieg, is what I was saying. Like, I, I think you actually have some sort of principles. But no, clearly you don't. You're just the smartest politician in the room. So, you know, props to you. Because I'm cynical as they come at this point, and even I was like, you know what? Maybe this person's not so bad. No, 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 no. My first interpretation was right. Uh, You, Kamala, that saying that you made a mistake raising your hand was a mistake. I'll just leave it at that. Besides that, Christian Gildebrand, I definitely think, is going to see an uptick. Not a whole lot of an uptick, but an uptick nonetheless. Uh, simply because uh, she got her, she got notice, she got screen time, she got air time, uh, and she only got it by forcing her way into the conversation every minute. Besides her and the night previously, Tulsi Gabbard definitely did herself some favors. She got herself uh, noticed. I think that uh, her performance actually, uh, while I don't think her her team was particularly satisfied with the way the moderators never called on her. Uh, and she needed to do more to sort of elbow her way into these uh, alpha dogs to get her... I I understand she's soft-spoken, but it comes back to what I said about Yang. It comes back to what I said about Bernie. A certain element of of this requires intellectual honesty, people. We we have to be honest with the fact that just because we support these people, just because they're our candidates, just because we like them, doesn't mean they don't have some obligations to us. If you put your support behind them, if you think they're the best, if you give them money... It's okay for you to be mad at them if they don't speak up enough. Like, the only reason you're championing them is not... Remember, policies over personalities at all times. I support Bernie above everyone else because I am a socialist and he's a democratic socialist. It's as simple as that. I don't need a better argument. His policy platform is my platform. I am in favor of it. There are bits where I'm probably to the left of Bernie. I mean, fuck, there's bits to the left where I'm left of a lot of socialists, frankly. I am for repealing the Second Amendment. A lot of people will tell you 
that it bringing that up is a suicide in American politics. It's a kamikaze. Uh, and at one point, so was Medicare for all. At one point, uh, so was free college. At one point, I'm sure, ending the wars. Uh, well, no, war has been pretty unpopular. Well, point is, uh, every major issue has been uh, at one point or another unpopular. But you know what's really unpopular? Mass shootings. I'm not saying we get rid of all guns when I say repeal the Second Amendment as one of my issues that I don't expect people to back me up on. I, I don't, uh, I don't, I would not blame you for thinking that getting rid of all guns is a bad idea. I'm talking about getting rid of gun ownership as a right that is enshrined alongside free speech because in my mind, it is a privilege and it's a privilege we have abused. It is a privilege we have failed to earn. It is a privilege that kills 30,000 people per year. So I'm for repealing the Second Amendment. I think that Bernie's answer, when challenged by the moderators, again, it was a smear, uh, taking his quote out of context, but you need to be ready for that because, frankly, I don't think he delivered a good answer, even in context of the smear and the question, uh, on where he stands on guns. It's not where I stand on guns. <sighs> Assault weapons belong in the hands of the military. That's good. Good point. You have to go farther. You have to go farther. I, I think that if you repeal the Second Amendment, you can, or you can rewrite gun law based around the 20th century. You know, We don't have to get rid of guns altogether. Pistols, fine. Military-grade weapons, not fine. Not fine. I'm not, I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. Plain and simple. I, 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 I've seen too many, too many mass shootings uh, in this country, too many dead kids for me to give a damn. And the mythos that the Republicans tell us is, uh, well, if you do this, then uh, the government will be able to take, oh, you won't be able to fight back against the government. That is already achieved and solidified and codified into law thanks to our militarized police and our over-militarized military. Like, for Christ's sake, our military will crush anyone who owns 10 assault rifles. I'm sorry. I don't care how big your right-wing militia is. Your penis is still small, and your support is still minimal compared to the National Guard in your state. You will not survive. You will die. As Noam Chomsky has pointed out, when he's been asked about people wanting to do violent revolution on the left, that was a big thing for a minute, uh, after the 2016 loss, people were so incensed about what happened to Bernie uh, that uh, and Hillary's loss and allowing Donald Trump to take over, uh, this monster that none of us support or like uh, take over, uh, people were talking about violent revolution on the left as the only way, like our last resort to implement change, and Chomsky said it was a good way to die, which he's right, it is a good way to die. I, I, and this is where I depart, I think, from a lot of other socialists who view this as protecting uh, the proletariat. It's a way for the proletariat to defend itself. We don't exist in a society that works that way. It is a global community. And maybe at one point it could have been prevented of it being this tied together, all these economies being tied together. An anarcho-syndicalist vision maybe at one point was more feasible in my, in my view, it's not anymore. I don't know what the answer is. It's, it's definitely socialism, maybe communism. Uh, 
but it is not uh, it is not anarcho syndicalism. We're too big. We're too interconnected. I, I it would it would do more harm than good to try and untie this knot we've built around the country, around the world. In my mind, it's too complicated of a problem at this point to untangle. Uh, so, in my from my point of view, we need to view ourselves as a global community and. As a global community, we need to begin talking about disarmament, not just of nukes, but just period, just disarmament. I'm serious. It's okay to have pistols, but automatic weapons, I think, should be, an out- they should be outlawed because their only purpose is to kill humans. They're not for hunting. Their only purpose is to kill w- humans. Maybe a rifle, if you want to go hunting. I frankly think hunting is something that, I, I- and this is the part that baffles me. I'm probably more in step with most lefties when I say that hunting should be illegal just because there's no need for it anymore uh, than I am on the repealing the Second Amendment. It's stunning. It's this issue that nobody runs to. Nobody, no matter how left I perceive them to be, goes to it. Uh, and this brings me back to Bernie Sanders uh, giving a terrible answer on the gun debate. I don't think any politician in America accurately reflects my view, my view. I, I can't think of one that's in favor of repealing the Second Amendment. Not one. Not even my gravel. And uh, I guess that's, you know, I mean, if I'm the lone voice out here, if I'm crazy, I don't mind that. Uh, it's, I, I'm used to being crazy. <laughs> I got fired from my job because I had the audacity to be crazy about expecting some sort of uh, accountability from my employer uh, to the rest of us, that we'd have some kind of collective bargaining to make sure that our wages could keep up with inflation. Uh, But I don't see any way for us to move forward as a society. I mean, we're the only country in the world that has gun ownership enshrined this way, and we're also the only country in the world that has 30,000 gun deaths per year. So to me, the answer is obvious. Get rid of that enshrinement of guns, and you will see the gun deaths go away. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, if you disagree, I'd be happy to hear. Uh, a lot of people say, no, what we need is common sense gun reform. Common sense gun reform is getting rid of automatic weapons, bum stocks, and all these other things. But a part of the reason why we can't do that, part of the reason why it has been so impossible to do that, is because... Uh, we have to contend with the Second Amendment and these people who say, no, it enshrines our right to own weapons. And a lot of people go, well, no, that's just their far-right interpretation of it. Well, the fact that it's written so fucking vague is why you can do that. So again, repeal the Second Amendment. Repeal it. Repeal it. Repeal it. It's not complicated, people. Not hard. Ugh. The rest of the night, I don't know. The rest of the performers are all bland. I mean, what do you want me to say about Hickenlooper and John Delaney that hasn't already been summed up by the California Democratic Convention? Boo. 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 Michael Bennett? Boo. Super boo. How dare you challenge Bernie Sanders, my friend? How dare you? Know what field you're in. Recognize that Bernie is the only reason why the Democrats are going to win at all going forward, whether or not he's the nominee, recognize that he has inspired the politics going into the next century. Democratic socialism 
is our, our way to victory. I've, I said it on Twitter. Democratic socialism is the formula for us to achieve legislative victory and begin instituting reforms. I'm not just saying that because I'm a socialist. I'm saying it because Ocasio-Cortez proved it. She defeated Joe Crowley, somebody who falls into the Bennett camp way of thinking. Like, this is what the Democratic voters want, is democratic socialism. They don't maybe know it by that name. Uh, they just know it as, um, I don't know, let's call it far left. <laughs> but uh, I don't consider it to be far left. I think communist is far left uh, for what it's worth. But I also think the terms left and right are mostly tools of the right wing. I don't really think they're useful to us at all for us to use them. Uh, I only use them insofar as other people have adapted to use them. And I, I guess I don't know what else to, to call it besides its proper name, democratic socialism. But I have to factor for, as I said, all the people that don't know what that means, which is why I was so grateful Bernie explained it that one night. It was fantastic. <sighs> Bernie needs to do that again and again and again and again so that we can separate ourselves because the idea that Nancy Pelosi is on the left and Bernie Sanders is on the left is a joke. Nancy Pelosi is a conservative by any metric. She is a conservative blue dog Democrat. And I, I, I just see no reason for her to be the leader of the party. This recent debacle with this vote that went out uh, that uh, was supposed to, or in its conception, help the kids at the border, that is really just giving uh, the border and the military free money to not spend on helping people, as they are so uh, inclined to do. Uh, but uh, that is entirely the Senate Democrats' fault, like Chuck Schumer, but again, also considered to be on the left. So the only reason why this is the case, why all these people are left, is because the term doesn't really have much meaning, uh, it, except insofar as it helps the right wing. I mean, even just think back to a, a, an Abrahamic, or if you use the term Judeo-Christian, suck it, Ben Shapiro. Uh, the Abrahamic uh, interpretation of left and right, the left hand being deceptive and the right hand being considered trustworthy. Think back to, to the idea that we call something that is good, that advocates for human rights and accountability and personal freedoms and liberty, like that advocates effectively for what I explained my ideology was, which is to live your life with as little impediment as possible. Uh, think about what it's like to have to share that term with someone like Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or Joe Biden, the man who voted for the Iraq war. Like I, I, it, it goes beyond parody. We don't have anything in common. We have nothing in common. Joe Biden's defending segregationists. I'm fighting segregationists. So the term left-right is something I would like us to move away from in the coming century, if at all possible, onto the actual names of the ideologies. But that's more of a... I mean, it, to those of you who don't understand why it's important, it, it, it is because calling the, it, using those two terms is right there. That's kind of the 50-50 mentality that you see play out in our media. Well, some say this and some say that. The right says this, the left says that. It provides equivalency to an undefendable philosophy. Uh, the right wing has never been right about anything uh, except one thing, and that is that they are uh, capable of discriminating against immigrants. That, that is their sole mission in life, is to 
discriminate, and not just immigrants, any minority, any minority. It can be religious, sectarian, uh, ethnic, doesn't matter. They have, they have only proven how effective their ideology is insofar as it has allowed them to discriminate. And that is it. That is what their ideology is based around is unrepentant cruelty. And beyond that, I, I, I honestly can't think of what else they've been right on. Uh, I, I don't see how nuclear weapons was a good thing. <laughs> I don't see how biological weapons is a good thing. I don't see how fossil fuels is a good thing. I don't, it, it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Every single thing that's been good uh, was created sort of in spite of them. Like you can look at the internet as something the government created, but it was for military purposes. Its real use, I think, has been excellent at disseminating information, but that's been the civilian use. Like if anything, that's an argument for socialism because that shows you what a government, what, you know, the government is socialism. I'm sorry to say, folks, it's collective action. It represents all of us. Your government, by its very existence, is socialist uh, in the narrowest of terms. Uh, and... Uh, I don't see how uh, the government was correct in wanting to use the internet for military purposes. It clearly, in my mind, and from my point of view, is much better suited as a platform for disseminating information, for propagating world peace, and uh, for helping, I guess for, you could put this under information, but also under world peace, the reason why it's able to do both of those things is because people uh, are able to add, uh, they're able to contribute to, the, people are able to convey a thought so easily, whether it's uh, an emotion or an idea, by being able to do that, it, it breaks down the barriers you have with your fellow man, whether it's somebody in a foreign country or somebody uh, just next door. It, it sort of... Um, makes everything, like, in, in a world where everything else would be equal, you know, where it, it, it sort of equalizes things uh, for the, for communication. And uh, I think that does a lot of good for showing people just how much they have in common with people in, in foreign lands, so to speak. It helps people get out of their bubble. Uh, so that is uh, where I think uh, the internet is good. And if you notice something, I was referring to the government as if I was referring to the right wing, and that is because, you know, our our government, in my mind, has been very right-wing. So, yes, it is a socialist apparatchik insofar as it is uh, uh, a, collect a form of collective action, but it has been uh, a negative collective action. It's been a collective action of terror, basically. It's been pro propagating endless warfare. It, it's not been great. It's not been awesome the last 40, 50 years. Maybe even farther back than that. Frankly, it hasn't been awesome since its inception, even uh, when we had, uh, you know, actual slavery. So it, it I, the reason why I make that distinction is because I am a socialist, but that is not necessarily my ideology. My ideology is probably, again, some democratic socialist, maybe... I don't know. Maybe I go farther than that. Maybe I'm less far than that. I don't know where my my stance on guns really falls on the spectrum. I don't really see a whole lot of people uh, on any end of the spectrum say what I'm saying. Uh, from my point of view, it's obvious. I look at New Zealand and how they immediately solved their gun problem 
by just getting rid of guns. And it, it just goes without saying to me. It, it, the problem was instantly solved. And I don't see a good argument as to why we can't also do that if we were to repeal the Second Amendment. Uh, but ultimately, uh, this was all on the side, which I'm, if you noticed, I'm, par- I'm prone to. Uh, Elizabeth Warren didn't give a great answer on this either during her night when they were asked about gun debate. I believe she said we need to do like research into solutions, which I find insulting. We know what we know what the cause is. The cause is that we have all the guns in the world in our nation, and therefore we have all the gun deaths in our nation. Research done. Pretty, pretty cut and dry of that particular issue. Researching true solutions, getting research money funneled to it, bad answer. Not correct. We don't need more research. What we need is somebody who has the, the gumption, the legislative balls to look at this amendment that was written in 17 fucking 76 and recognize that an assault rifle is not a musket and that that law should be repealed so we can write common sense gun legislation without having to be beholden to this uh, ancient sort of honestly draconian law at this point in my mind. Uh, But... uh, all in all, you know, I mean, the debates, they, they did what they were supposed to do. We see who was disqualified, right? I mean, we can see very clearly that uh, Joe Biden is on the way out the door, in my mind. He'll probably hang around number five uh, for the rest of the, the campaign, but I just don't see him regaining what he lost. I, I see his support fracturing, going to Kamala, Buttigieg, and... Uh, all the rest of the uh, not not Obamas, not Bamas, um, and uh, I I I see Andrew Yang, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Bernie Sanders, and Liz Warren. I I predict that they will be the some of the last standing, but just because they have such a devoted fan base, like that, I think that that. See, Tulsi Gabbard, I don't think, lost any supporters last night, for example, I, I, uh, or uh, on uh, the previous night. Simultaneously, I don't think Bernie, I'm not going anywhere. Liz Warren supporters largely, I think, are actually more fickle uh, than you might expect. Uh, I think a, uh, a, a lot of them are very passionate and love her quite a bit and view her as an ally to progressives. I certainly see her as an ally, I just don't think she's strong enough to beat Trump, if I'm being 100%. Like, I, th- I don't think she's strong enough to push back on Nancy Pelosi, much less Trump. And that's a problem, because Bernie will definitely be able to push back on both. And that is why, to me, there is no other contest. That and our ideology lineup. But I am prepared, I am prepared for my ideology to come secondary to society's net gain, to, to, to what's best for the world. And if I thought, honestly thought, that me having to not stand for my ideology would, let's say, save those kids down at the border dying in those camps, I'd be fine with that. My, my honor, my privilege, all of that matters all about nothing in the face of these kids dying, just, just dying from neglect and torture. And... Uh, I don't think that that is, I don't think that makes me a sellout. I think it makes me a humanitarian. I, I, I feel bad. I feel nothing. I feel shame. I feel a deep personal shame 
at my own lack of action on this because there's a part of me that just wants to run down there. But I, I, I recognize that there isn't anything I could do. I, I, what would I do? I'd break into the facility and free these children, but I, I'll, I'll die. This goes back to what Noam Chomsky is saying, is you are more likely to die doing something like that than actually change the world. Where I can change it is through co- collective action, through political action, through organizing people, uh, through uh, encouraging people to reach out to their representatives so that they can push back on MSNBC, pushing back on Bernie, because MSNBC does not care about those kids. They, they, they are not interested in those kids. They, what they're interested in is making sure that the company stays relatively just as profitable as it is now. Comcast doesn't want to lose any money. They just want to remain in control. They don't want net neutrality brought back. Notice no net neutrality debate questions at these uh, debates. I'm sure that's uh, just a coincidence. I'm sure that has nothing to do with the fact that Comcast lobbied to get rid of net neutrality. Uh, but, um, you know, Andrew Yang, I don't expect, made any new friends last night, though, which I do think he will need. Uh, and the same goes... Uh, same goes for us, frankly. Uh, we, I, I don't know if Bernie won any new support. He certainly didn't lose it, and he has the most dedicated support. I mean, proof is in the pudding. $18 million from small-dollar donations on day one. You know, So I, I, I don't think that the Bernie Sanders fire has gone out, but it, it goes without saying that we are not a monolith, so I might be wrong. There might be people that feel differently. It also goes without saying that we are not enough. You know, we are not a majority. If we were, this wouldn't be a debate. It would be a coronation. It's a debate because there's quite a few genuine Liz Warren supporters who are not, maybe not comfortable with the term democratic socialist. I have a lot. My parents, you know, I mean, they have evolved a lot. I told you they're not where I'm at, but they are uncomfortable with uh, the term, I think, largely. And uh, I guess I, I'm, maybe I, I am unreasonable. Maybe that's it. Maybe I, I should be more empathetic to that than I should, more, more patient. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think that the ideology is pretty self-explanatory. You know, democratic socialism. It's a good form of socialism. You know, it is designed around the idea of the people being able to have a, a say in their government, how it functions and performs, uh, being given more control over their daily lives. I, I, I want us to, to, for example, the only reason I have to ask for collective bargaining is because we don't have the kind of control in our workplaces that we should. And I think that... It, it it's not only ethical and right for us to have uh, these uh, this control over our uh, workplaces. I, I I view it as the only way that society can go on at its current size. I view it as necessary because it is a form of uh, breaking down the major power institutions into individuals. Because that's the only way we're going to be able to move forward. It, oligarchy cannot sustain itself, basically. It, 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 it's not able to do it. It, it. It's crumbling across the world to fascism. Fascism is absorbing and consuming our neoliberal world order that has been built up over the last 30 to 40 years. People are disillusioned with it. These far-right, 
voices that once were so quiet have now become so loud, whether it's here or in France or Brazil, that it's deafening. You know, Duterte in the Philippines, it, it, the poverty rate across the world in comparison with the billionaire rate is telling of the problem we're up against. So for me, democratic socialism is the formula because it solves these problems. It takes on these issues in an ethical, humane way. And I will keep trying to explain that to people. But in the meantime, first round of debates have ended. Uh, thank you all for joining me on this recap. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Let's have a let's have a let's have a good campaign, or at least try to, and not pull our hair out. Good night, everybody.